You spoke the world into existence with your mighty word. There's nothing that can stay your hand. And so we thank you today for this privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we're asking now in the name of the Lord that your spirit will go forth and touch the hearts and minds of everyone that is listening today and of all those that need your help right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the spirit of fear that has gripped the hearts of the people and that has swept over not only our land, but many a country all over the world. We know that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so rather than fear, we put our trust in you. We have faith in you. And we ask that you will bless us and keep us and protect us as you have promised in the name of the Lord. Lord, as we speak your holy word today from your scriptures, let your word go into our hearts and abide there that it might nourish us up in the good things of the Lord and encourage our hearts and give us hope in these times. Anoint us today and use us, Lord, for your glory. Get a hold of me, I pray, and take, take me and use me for your glory. Hallelujah. And we'll give your name praise, for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Put your hands together again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. I want to read some scriptures to you. And after I do that, I'm going to ask Elder Geddes to come forward with one more song of worship, amen, so we can get our hearts in the attitude to receive the word of God. And uh, I don't usually bounce around, so to speak, with the scriptures, but I am going to call your attention to several passages that I'd like for you to, to go to and read with me. I'm going to start in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, and then we're going to go to the gospel of John, chapter 19, and finally three or four verses from 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. So let's start in Matthew, chapter 21. Verses 1 through 11, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. We find these words. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her, loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say unto you, ye shall say, say aught unto you, ye shall say, the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and, he, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they sat him, set him thereon. 
And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Turn over to John chapter 19. Let's consider verses 13 through 15. John's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. When Pilate, therefore, heard that saying, he brought forth Jesus and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. The Apostle Paul is the writer here. And he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, that were given to me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, For when I am weak, then am I strong. I want to talk to you today using this thought. What to do when good things go bad? What to do when good things go bad? I'm going to ask Elder, if he would come now, amen, and lead us in this worship song more than anything. Please sing with us in the name of the Lord.
This is the part that I like. Come on, let's lift it up and say, I love, I love you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, from your heart, sing it. I worship and adore you. Yes, Lord, just want to tell you. Yes, Lord, Lord, I love you more than anything. Come on, we can lift it up right where we are. Come on and lift it up and say, I love, I love you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I do worship and adore you today. I worship and adore I just want to say, Lord, just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you more than anything. Come on, come on, come on. Give it to the Lord from your heart. Say, I love I love you. Lord, say I worship and adore, just want to tell yeah, yeah, Lord, I love you more, there's nothing else that I love more, there's no one else that I love more, so I lift and say, I love you, Jesus, and I worship just want to tell you, Lord. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you more than 
your hands together right where you are. Come on, if you love him, if you love him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you more than anything. Praise the Lord. What to do when good things go bad? Most of you can say that since we last gathered together, it's been quite a week. Even those of us who are a little older are experiencing unprecedented times. Many of our acquaintances, our neighbors, friends, family members, and even some of the saints have been terrified by the possibility of being infected with a coronavirus called COVID-19. Coronavirus number 19. That shows us that there is more than one coronavirus. We have heard so much information until we are as full as a sponge that can't absorb more water, even though there is more to absorb. We're at the saturation point. This is information overload. But more information is being given as network news stations try to compete with each other for the viewer ratings. And we are trying to listen anyhow and all that has resulted is people have become more confused, more unsettled, and more afraid. To make sense of all that's going on, we need to do some analysis. That is, break things down, the big things, into smaller pieces we can handle and, or understand. And then uh, involve ourselves in synthesis, that is to put the picture back together again. To make sense of all this, we need perspective. In this case, to look at these doom and gloom numbers that we're hearing and half-truths that are tossed at us and compare them to the larger scenario. Perhaps we'll do that here at Apostolic Fellowship Church on Wednesday night during our Bible study using an interactive video conferencing tool. But for now, I want to warn you with reality and encourage you by giving you hope. In just a week or so, we've moved from good to bad. And in the coming week, it's possible that we can move from bad to worse. But don't despair. I'm going to use the most reliable truth known to humankind, God's truth, which is recorded in the scripture, to tell you what to do in times like this. God's word gives us hope. Now, the dictionary definition of hope includes synonyms like trust and expectation and desire and promise and confidence and assurance, anticipation and even conviction. And hope has been defined in the dictionary as the cognitive and effective responses to life that 
believes the future is filled with possibilities and offers a blessing. I simply like to define hope as the expectation of something good. Have you ever experienced good times? <laughs> First musical written by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein was Oklahoma. And one of the songs that Rodgers wrote that became very famous had a chorus that said, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a wonderful feeling everything's going my way. And that's how you feel about life sometimes. Perhaps you finally got that job you've been waiting for or that spouse you have been waiting for or that nice home you've been waiting for or that clean bill of health after a concerning prognosis. And then all of a sudden it seems like the ground underneath your feet shifts and the gentle warm breeze of a beautiful day turns into the gale of a hurricane. Things go from good to bad and then sometimes from bad to worse. That's, this is how you might describe what Jesus Christ experienced the week of his crucifixion. But we can learn a lesson from how he handled the situation and was able to come out victoriously. And so this afternoon what I want to do is take some events from the life of our Lord and the Apostle Paul and even King David to teach us what to do when good things go bad. And by the way, uh, by the time I finish, I want to give you five things you can do when good things go bad. So Jesus entered into Jerusalem the week of his crucifixion. And when he entered in, according to the scripture, amen, he met a very jubilant and royal procession. Uh, the fig tree that he cursed Amen, hallelujah, he had done earlier that day because it didn't have any fruit on it. And that time the rulers challenged his authority. Uh, the disciples saw that the cursed fig tree had withered in a day. These are all events that happened that week. And Jesus went to the Olivet, or he gives, I should say, the Olivet Discourse. Judas plans the betrayal of Jesus. Jesus eats the Passover meal with his disciples. And he goes in much agony to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He is betrayed and arrested. This is all in a matter of hours. Jesus is sent to Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest, to be tried. And Jesus is tried by the Sanhedrin, which was the ruling religious body of Israel. Then he is sent to Pilate and Herod Antipas and Pilate again. Uh, the religious rulers find themselves when offered a choice between him and Barabbas, saying, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. He is sentenced to be crucified by Pilate, and he is crucified. And he died, and he was buried. What happened? How did he go from Hosanna? Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord on Monday 
to away with him, away with him, crucify him before the week was over. It started out as a good week. Hallelujah. But friends, suffering is a part of life and it's a part of walking with the Lord. And if you listen to the modern day prophets who have called themselves, amen, hallelujah, prophets of God, if you listen to them, you wouldn't think that suffering is a part of this walk. And many of today's M&M preachers, I call them M&M preachers, mystery and mansion preachers, preach a gospel that eliminates all suffering and replaces suffering with prosperity and materialism and financial wealth. But the apostle Paul said they teach that gain is godliness. And the new gospel sounds as if, you, if you're suffering, you must not be a good Christian. But the apostle Peter said that these preachers promise uh, liberty. They promise their listeners liberty. He said, but they themselves are the servants of corruption. Uh, any gospel whose message cannot bring deliverance to the poor and rich alike is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. It exposes our sins. It points us to the only one who can forgive us our sins and totally delivers us. The one true Savior is Jesus Christ the Lord. Now, suffering has a place in the life of a child of God. It has a profound purpose in our lives. And the sufferings of Christ make that clear to us. Jesus suffered to become that perfect sacrifice for us. You will find in Hebrews 2 and 10 that the Bible says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom uh, are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Uh, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Isaiah, the great Old Testament prophet, prophesied of the detailed sufferings of Christ at his crucifixion. And he said, as many uh, were astonished at thee, he says his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And we suffer too. And we sometimes wonder, why are we suffering? Sometimes we suffer circumstances that don't seem to make very much sense. That's the way Job found himself on one occasion. But he had this to say, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So suffering is not easy. And it is particularly baffling when you try to figure out why things are going from good to bad and then from bad to worse. Um, but I want to give you five things to do when things go bad. The first thing to do is pray. I'll not even have to say this to the children of God. Praise the Lord, because prayer is the medium the Lord established so we can have contact and fellowship with him. Uh, we can speak our petitions to him and pray for others. 
He hears us and he will answer us. Remember now, the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven. It is to get God's will done on earth. That's what Jesus did. He fell on his face in the garden of Gethsemane and prayed. Hallelujah. Amen. And he prayed and he said, amen, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He went in the garden, amen, Luke said, amen, and he prayed until sweat, amen, as it were great drops of blood fell from his brow to the ground. And so you must learn, amen, that you must pray. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Praise the Lord our God. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not faint. Praise the Lord. If you want to stay renewed and revived in the spirit, if you want to have control of your thought life and control of the attitudes of your heart, you've got to learn to pray. Amen. I thank God for the saints here who gathered on yesterday in here and out our, in our facility, amen, in uh, Indian Orchard up at Rise and Walk, amen, and came together to pray for three hours. We call it the watch prayer, and every three hours, amen, another group came in, amen. This is what we need to do, saints, amen. We don't need to worry. We need to pray. Hallelujah. For the God that we serve hears and answers prayer. The second thing you need to learn how to do, amen, when you pray is receive the grace of God. You may not always get the answer you want from the Lord when you pray, but you will receive his grace. You see, God's grace is his, amen, sufficiency that he has supplied to us. It becomes our sufficiency. Uh, amen. You see, uh, God's grace is not just undeserved favor, amen, but it is also his enabling power. Amen. And that's the aspect of grace that we need in suffering times. Uh, don't let the deafening silence from heaven fool you into thinking that the Lord does not hear your prayer. Uh, Job had that kind of experience and feeling uh, on occasion. It seemed like he couldn't find the Lord. He said in Job 23 verses 8 and 9, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Know in those times when heaven seems like God is silent, amen, what he is doing is providing you his grace. Remember when the Apostle Paul prayed and didn't get the answer he was expecting? Amen, amen. He might not have got what he expected, but he heard from the Lord. He got an answer from the Lord. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. And when Paul heard these words, he did not respond by grieving or complaining or poking out his bottom lip and pouting. Uh, praise God. He did not express any disappointment, but he responded to the Lord the only way we should respond, and that is by faith. For you see, faith is the opposite of fear. 
Praise the Lord. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Paul responded, he said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ. You say you want the power of Christ to rest on you. Then you've got to learn to receive his grace, which is sufficient for you. So the power of Christ can rest upon you. Let the church say amen. Third thing you got to do is learn to be thankful. Amen. The way to feel better is to develop an attitude of gratitude. Amen. This can't be thankfulness just from your lips, but it's got to come from your heart. Amen. When good things are going from bad, from good to bad, and then from bad to worse, you may not always be able to feel thankful for the suffering, but you can be thankful in the suffering. Remember how our Lord Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising the shame, but now he is set down at the right hand of God. And I'm here to let you know this afternoon, he's still on the throne. Remember, remember that Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. He is the captain of our salvation. The enemy is trying to get you to give up before you realize the benefit of going through your trial. Amen. There is more than one word for bad in the Greek language. The word kakos means, amen, something that's unredeemable. Uh, nothing good can come from it. But there's another word called agathos, which means beneficial. So something beneficial will be the result of our suffering, amen, when we hold the God's unchanging hand. And that's what Jesus experienced. Monday was happy, but by Friday, amen, it was sad. But somebody said it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Now, the fourth thing you need to learn to do is read the scriptures and by the scriptures be encouraged. You got to open up your Bible and you got to read the scriptures. You got to go to the Psalms. Last week I preached 911 from Psalm 91 and 1. You see, Psalm 91 and 1 is the saints' 911. That's where you find the word of God that was read earlier that said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. David said on another occasion, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. Amen. Somebody ought to know, amen, that he is a present help in trouble. So go to the scriptures and read the scriptures that contain the promises of the Lord and stand on his promises. And remember this, there has no no temptation. There is no testing. There is no trial. There is no hardship. There is no bad time taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. And I, I believe the Lord is making a way of escape for his people. I can say he's making a way of escape for me. Amen. Mother and I, amen, we try to help out and watch some of our grandchildren almost every day. Amen. And a week ago, amen, every one of them, we took them to the doctor's office. And the doctor looked at us. He said, she said, every one of these children, all three of them, got flu 
B. Even the child that had a flu shot had flu B. Praise God. I mean, we've had them with us every day. And despite the fact we're seniors, amen, we ain't been blowing our nose. We haven't been sniffling. We don't have no fever. Hallelujah. We don't have no flu. And God knows we don't have coronavirus. Not even COVID-19. Praise God. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is a shame upon my right hand the Lord is my helper oh glory to God hallelujah amen Paul said for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the call according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we say then to these things if God be for us if God be for us who what can be against us he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake hallelujah we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us Paul said for I am persuaded you ought to say it with the apostle that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord let the church shout hallelujah Go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. Read the word. Stand on the promises of God. The fifth thing you want to do is rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember David, the psalmist king. He knew some very trying times. It seemed like 
the promise of better that God had made to him, even of eternal prosperity, would come to pass. But he learned from experience that the Lord will bring his people through. Amen. I'm reminded of what he said in Psalm 30 and 5. He said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And the apostle Paul told the church at Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Some of us who have had the experience of being homebound while recovering from an illness of surgery, amen, have discovered that you don't need a crowd to rejoice and praise the Lord. It's better when you are with everyone else, but you can praise the Lord and rejoice right where you are even now. Amen. Hallelujah. Do like Paul said and think yourself happy. Open your mouth and sing praises unto the Lord. Right where you are, you can clap your hands. Amen. Right where you are, you can pat your feet. Right where you are, you can shout hallelujah to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Far too many Pentecostal churches, church services have become too much of a show anyway. Amen. We want to show off our latest dance. The musicians have commandeered the service. Just playing on and on and on to stir up the emotions of the people so we can take a video and call it a praise break and post it on the web. Amen. But we used to say when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul, my soul, my soul cries out, hallelujah. You ought to learn to give the Lord personal praise. Hallelujah. My God, let me tell you something. Amen. Praise God. This has got to be a personal salvation anyway. One between you and Jesus. Amen. You don't have to have a whole big audience to give the Lord perfect praise. Hallelujah. You ought to give him the praise. Amen. From your heart. You ought to give him praise. That's exclusive for you and Jesus. If nobody else praise him, you ought to praise him. I remember the song when the old songwriter said, I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood washed away his stain. When you think about how good the Lord has been to you, your mouth ought to pop open. Be in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your family room, in your living room, in your automobile. Hallelujah. You ought to cry, Lord. Oh, Lord. I just want to thank
thank you. I just want to bless you. I just want to praise your holy name. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Let me hear you shout yeah. We out there live stream land. The Lord is worthy of all the praise. Jesus is worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the armor. Somebody said he's all over me and he's keeping me alive. Why should I be discouraged? Why should the shadow fall? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? A constant friend is he. His eye, his eye, his eye is on the sparrow. Yes, I know he's watching me. Shout yes, shout yes, shout yes, shout glory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So I'm telling you that out there right now, turn off your news source. Hallelujah. Stop sitting there all day looking at some sad news and some bad news. It's terrifying you and causing your faith to waver. Get up and shake yourself. Hallelujah. Because if you know Jesus, you're a child of the king. Amen. Jesus is the Lord of lords. He's the hope of hosts and he's the Holy Ghost. Now I've given you five things, five things you can do when things go bad. Hallelujah. And if you do these things, you'll feel better and God will be glorified in your life. Pray and have faith in God. Receive the grace of God. Be thankful for all the Lord has done for you. Read the word of God. And then rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. For he's worthy of the praise. Let the church say amen. The Lord God bless you. In Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Oh Lord he's good isn't he? He's so good to us. Hallelujah. Maybe there's somebody... Under the sound of my voice, maybe you can even see, hallelujah, they realized they needed a word of hope today, realized they've allowed themselves to be pulled right into the attitude of the world, spirit of fear has gripped their heart, they're feeling like, I don't know what to do, I've got to be careful about my social space, I can't go out the house, I can't do anything. I'm a prisoner. Well, praise the Lord. Do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. And live life. Amen. I'm not telling you to necessarily disobey the authorities, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to be ruled by fear. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
And I'm going to know where this advice is coming from. If it's coming from people that don't know God, amen. Hallelujah. That's why they got to take such precaution. I believe God. Hallelujah. 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 And I'll tell you, praise God, the Lord has laid some things on my heart I probably will do this week, but I'm giving serious thought, amen, to we got a portico in this church. Amen. I'm giving serious thought to putting some signs on the front lawn and, amen, offering drive-by prayer. That's right, that's right, that's right. Huh? Uh-huh. Amen. I'm not afraid. No. You can come and roll your window down. I'll pray for you. That's right. Anoint you with oil and pray for you. Pray. Oh. You don't even have to get out the car. Uh-huh. Pray for you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. That the Lord will help you, bless you, that he'll heal you, that he'll save you, for there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm not trying to be a showman, praise God, or anything like that, praise God. But it pays to obey God. Somebody's listening now that wasn't listening before. You can reach somebody now, saints, amen, who ears were, were, were like stone before. They're looking for an answer. They're terrified and scared to death, praise the Lord. But in Jesus, there is life. He said, I come that they might have life. And that more abundantly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I want to pray for you right now. Amen. If you've got family around, you all can, amen, lock arms or grasp, clasp hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Whatever you want to do. If you're alone, just bow your heads. Amen. We're going to pray that the Lord will have mercy upon you. Oh, Lord, our God, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. We humble ourselves before you as we come to your great and royal throne of grace where you bid us to come that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Lord, you know what's going on in the land for you allowed it. Hallelujah. And you know, Lord, the purpose of this. You are getting the attention of people around the world Rather than us being nervous and afraid, we can put our trust in you. For some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember your great name. For your name has been highly exalted above all that is in the heavens and the earth and under the earth. That at your name every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord to the glory of the Father. So we pray in your holy name that you will look upon each one that have heard the word today. Touch their hearts and minds. Help them to realize, Lord God, that bad times are part of life. And we'll see more of this from time to time. Nevertheless, Lord, we want to let you know that we are trusting in you. We're going to bless you. We're going to praise you. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone sick under the sound of my voice, that you'll have mercy on them right now. I rebuke the sickness, whatever it is, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For your name is greater than any disease. I rebuke it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Help, Lord God, those that are sick to feel healing virtue flow through their bodies right now. Deliver them right now, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Help them to lift their hands and praise you and bless you in faith, knowing, Lord God, that whatsoever we ask of thee, it will be given to us. For you said, ask, and it shall be given. And so, Lord, we believe your word. You know the condition of everyone. Some have one need, some have another. Look on those, Lord, who may be laid off their jobs. They might be worried and wondering what they're going to do. 
Oh, but you said in your word that you would provide all our need according to your riches and glory. Lord, you're able. Lord, you know, we know in your word all we have to do is say, give us this day our daily bread and you will give it to us, Lord. You're making ways for us. You're touching the hearts of the officials. You're touching the hearts of the creditors, causing them to push back the dates that bills are due. Oh, God, you're working in our behalf. Help us to lift our hands and be thankful to you and not worry, Lord God, for you promise to take care of us. Lord, we ask you the, this hour to continue to bless us and encourage us and help us, Lord, to get to know our loved ones and family members, friends, Lord God, saints, better to use this time wisely to establish a relationship with you and with others, Lord God, that we've been too busy to pay attention to. Help us to check in our neighborhoods, Lord, and make sure that other people are all right. For we are your people and the sheep of your pastor. You are our shepherd, hallelujah, and you will take care of us. We thank you now, hallelujah, for we remember the words of the psalmist that said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will not fear, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We will dwell in your house forever. We thank you now. We believe you now. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Let's, amen. Let's receive true worship as they come forth to render another selection for us. In the name of the Lord, let's receive them with a hearty amen.
because some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We certainly bless the Lord this afternoon for the opportunity for us to connect as a community and worship God. And see, we realize that the word of God will go out and, and diseases and sickness and threats cannot deny the word of God for accomplishing what it was sent forth to do. And so I call us all to faith. I call us all to faith, even as the man of God has, has ministered from the depths of his heart, a timely word speaking into our circumstance, speaking a prophetic word of the very now, that we might embrace it as a people of faith and have hope in the name of the Lord. I encourage as many of us this, this afternoon, I mean especially members of our congregation, that you endeavor to, to watch your emails and the means by which our pastor has so insightfully set up that we might be able to receive information that we are abreast of what's going on in our church community. And for that, we're going to invite us at this time now to bow our heads as we make our benediction and invite us even as we are people giving ourselves to worship, amen, that even as we close out this session, amen, let's all maintain a spiritual mindset because no doubt, no doubt the enemy would use every opportunity to, to, to distract his people of God. But here now we have an opportunity to embrace God in faith. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. And the people of God say, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Thank you.